0: time poor, never get around to watching or reading the news, where you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be. Well, the daily news in brief from sherlocks.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to the Daily News in Brief podcast. Today is the 14th of March and here are this week's main stories. Theresa May's Brexit deal was defeated in the House of Commons for a second time on Tuesday. MPs chose to reject the withdrawal agreement brokered by May and EU negotiators by a considerable majority, 391 votes to 242. It follows the PM's defeat in an earlier meaningful vote held in January when MPs chose to reject the deal by 432 votes to 202, The worst defeat faced by any British government in modern parliamentary history. While Tuesday's vote was lost by a smaller margin, it amounts to a major blow to May's deal. Some Conservatives who voted against the deal in January did switch sides, some fearing Brexit could be delayed or reversed if the deal failed. However, with 75 Tory MPs choosing to reject May's deal alongside Labour and the Democratic Unionist Party, the PM's Brexit plan has been struck down once again. May faced a further defeat on Wednesday when MPs ruled against the possibility of the UK exiting the EU without a deal. In a non-binding vote in the Commons on Wednesday night, MPs rejected a no-deal Brexit by 321 votes to 278. While the government initially supported Wednesday night's motion to rule out a no-deal, a successful amendment passed ahead of the vote changed its terms, ruling out a no-deal departure at any time and under any circumstances, rather than just rejecting a no-deal exit on the 29th of March. This dramatic development led the government to rescind its earlier promise of a free vote, instead ordering its MPs to vote against the amended motion in a last-minute U-turn. Despite the chaos, the motion was passed by a majority of 43 votes, dealing a further blow to May's authority. Speaking after the vote, the Prime Minister insisted a no-deal Brexit could only be avoided if MPs agreed a deal or cancelled Brexit. Wednesday's result means the government will now bring a second motion to the Commons tonight, allowing MPs a vote on whether to delay Brexit by extending the Article 50 negotiating period. If MPs support a delay and the EU agrees to it, the UK will not leave the EU as planned on the 29th of March. Aircraft manufacturer Boeing is facing questions over the safety of its 737 MAX 8 jet following the crash of Ethiopian Airlines flight ET302 on Sunday. All 157 passengers on board the jet were killed in the accident, which occurred shortly after takeoff from Addis Ababa. The cause of the crash is currently unknown. It is the second incident involving the 737 MAX 8 model in recent months. Last October, 189 people were killed when a Lion Air flight crashed into the sea shortly after taking off from Jakarta. A wave of countries and blocs suspended the use of all Boeing 737 MAX aircraft in the wake of the Ethiopian Airlines crash. Those moving to ground the aircraft include the UK... EU, Australia, India and the US. On Wednesday, Boeing announced plans to ground the entire global fleet of 737 MAX aircraft. Amid news, investigators had uncovered new evidence at the scene of the fatal Ethiopian Airlines crash. US air regulator the Federal Aviation Administration had previously held out while many countries banned the aircraft but said the discovery of fresh evidence led the decision to issue a temporary ban on the jets. Both the cockpit voice recorder and the plane's flight data recorder have now been recovered from the wreckage of flight ET302 and may reveal the cause of the plane's failure. The Chancellor has promised a Brexit dividend to boost public spending. Announcing his spring statement on Wednesday, Philip Hammond said the dividend would be spent on improving public services and reducing government debt. The statement came amid forecasts of lower government borrowing, which is set to boost the Chancellor's war chest to £26.6 billion. Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell criticised Hammond's claims to have reduced the UK's deficit, saying he simply shifted it onto the shoulders of head teachers, NHS managers local councillors and police commissioners. Alongside the promise of a Brexit dividend, the Chancellor also promised £100 million to police forces to help tackle the spate of violent knife offences and £3 billion to the construction of new affordable homes. However, Hammond said the spending plans were based on a smooth Brexit, with a disordered departure from the EU expected to deal a significant blow to the UK's short-term economic activity. The statement also failed to address calls urging the government to reverse cuts to welfare budgets, which have seen low-income families left considerably worse off. (laughs) UK News. Analysis by The Guardian has found knife crime is rising at a much steeper rate in the home counties and rural areas than in London. According to the newspaper's analysis of police figures, knife-related offences have risen 11% in London since 2010. By comparison, in English and Welsh counties, knife offences have increased by an average of 45.7%. Kent recorded the biggest increase with such offences up 152% in the last nine years. Police chiefs believe the rising level of knife crime outside the capital is the result of gangs targeting new rural areas for the sale of drugs, known as the county lines phenomenon. According to experts, this expansion is causing an overspill of criminality from urban areas into the provinces. The husband of Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe has welcomed the Foreign Office's decision to grant her diplomatic protection. The British Iranian woman has been detained in Tehran since 2016 after being accused of plotting against the Iranian government. The rare diplomatic move escalates her jailing to a state-to-state issue meaning it will now be treated as a formal legal dispute rather than a consular matter. Richard Ratcliffe said the decision on Friday marked a great day for his wife's case. He added, I'm sure this will give her a big lift. The protection does not guarantee her release, but means the UK can now turn to international organisations to push for her freedom. Iran has rejected the move, insisting Zaghari Ratcliffe is solely Iranian and therefore ineligible for British diplomatic protection. A 16-year-old boy has been charged with the murder of Jodie Chesney. The 17-year-old Girl Scout was fatally knifed in the back in Romford on the 1st of March. The suspect, who cannot be named, is the third person to be charged with Chesney's murder. Two other men, Manuel Petrovic, age 20, and Svensson Ong Akui, age 18, have also been charged with her murder. A further four people have been arrested in connection with the stabbing and remain in custody. The mother of Shamima Begum has contacted the Home Office to urge them to show mercy in her daughter's citizenship case. Begum left the UK in 2015 to join Islamic State fighters in Syria, aged just 15. She has lost three children since arriving in Syria, including her three-week-old son last week. The baby's death provoked severe criticism of the Home Secretary over the weekend, with Sajid Javid accused of moral cowardice. Last month, Javid revoked Begum's British citizenship, leaving both her and her son in legal limbo. In a letter to the Home Office, Begum's mother has asked their department to restore her daughter's citizenship as an act of mercy following the death of her newborn son. NatWest is set to trial new technology, allowing customers to use their fingerprint for contactless payments. Contactless payments with the bank are currently limited to purchases of £30 or less, The new trial will see NatWest cardholders use debit cards with an electronic copy of their fingerprint on one corner. Customers will be able to authorise payments of over £30 by placing their finger on the corner of the card while waving it at the retailer's card reader. Those involved in the trial need to visit their local branch to provide fingerprint copies, although the bank is working on ways to record prints remotely. A Birmingham City fan has pleaded guilty to assaulting Aston Villa footballer Jack Grealish during a match on Sunday. Paul Mitchell ran onto the pitch during the derby match and punched Grealish from behind. In a statement read to the court, the Aston Villa captain said he felt lucky he avoided serious harm, adding, it could have been so much worse had the supporter had some sort of weapon. Mitchell was sentenced to 14 weeks in prison and banned from attending football matches for 10 years. Chief executive of the Professional Footballers Association, Gordon Taylor, said the sports authorities needed to consider points deductions and grounds closures to prevent the bad behaviour of fans. He added, we have seen an increase in such behaviour at clubs this season. It's been racist abuse, it's been anti-Semitism and now it's real fear for the safety of players. A group calling itself the IRA has claimed responsibility for the explosive devices sent to London transport hubs and the University of Glasgow last week. The Metropolitan Police and Police Scotland said the claim was received from the group via a media organisation in Northern Ireland using a recognised code word. Police said those claiming responsibility also suggested five devices have been sent. Currently, only four devices have been recovered. Businesses have been issued with extensive advice and the public has been urged to remain vigilant. No one was harmed during the incidents last week, which saw devices sent to Waterloo Station, City Airport, the Compass Centre near Heathrow and Glasgow University. Police believe the devices were not designed to kill. Manchester City has launched a compensation fund for victims of the club's former youth coach Barry Bennell. Bennell was jailed for 31 years in 2018 after being found guilty of 50 counts of child sexual abuse. The coach targeted young players during training and while scouting for the club between 1979 and 1991. The compensation scheme follows a comprehensive review at Manchester City aimed at understanding how Benel used the club to facilitate the abuse. The review also uncovered allegations against another junior coach, John Broom. Manchester City is aware of around 40 survivors of Benel or Broom's abuse. They will be issued with financial compensation and a personal apology from the club. The Scottish Avalanche Information Service, or SAIS, has urged mountaineers to pay attention to forecasts after three people were killed while climbing Ben Nevis on Tuesday. The three climbers, believed to be from France and Switzerland, were killed following an avalanche in severe weather conditions. A fourth person was seriously injured. SAIS had issued a warning stating there was a high risk of avalanches on the mountain. The rescue team who attended the incident said it had been the third avalanche in Number 5 gully in four days. Rescue team leader John Stevenson urged climbers to proceed with caution, saying... The mountains are always going to be there. There is no shame in turning back. A British backpacker whose body was found on Monday following a major search died of hemorrhaging from a traumatic brain injury. Catherine Shaw was travelling in Guatemala when she went missing on the 5th of March. Her body was discovered at the top of El Naudí's mountain on a trail popular with tourists. According to a post-mortem report... Shaw's body showed signs of trauma, but no wounds from sharp weapons. The report did not state what might have caused the brain injury. The Lucy Blackman Trust, a charity which has been supporting Miss Shaw's family, asked that people do not speculate on the 23-year-old's death. Her parents thanked those involved in the search for their daughter, saying she died doing what she loved. Louise Hay, Labour's Crime and Policing Minister, has attacked Boris Johnson's suggestion police resources are being wasted on historic sex abuse investigations, saying could you look the victims in the eye and tell them investigating and bringing to justice those who abuse them as children is a waste of money. Speaking on LBC Radio on Wednesday, Johnson described historic offences as malarkey and complained he had seen £60 million spaffed up a wall on some investigation into historic child abuse and all this kind of thing. The former Foreign Secretary criticised the investigations on the basis they would do little to protect the public now. His remarks drew immediate condemnation from the Labour Party, who accused Johnson of making reckless, inappropriate comments. In Education News, a group of more than 7,000 head teachers has written a letter to families informing them of the financial difficulties facing their schools. The teachers' campaign group, Worthless, has repeatedly been rebuffed in its efforts to discuss the problems with Education Secretary Damien Hines. The group is now asking parents to join them in lobbying their local MPs and the government in a bid to increase education funding. The Department of Education has not responded to questions over why Hines had been unable to meet with head teachers. Worthless organiser Jules White described a state of denial from ministers, saying, a refusal to meet the very people who are dealing with the crisis on a day-to-day basis is untenable. University places for some of the country's most popular courses could be in jeopardy if proposed tuition fee cuts are carried out without the necessary government funding to cover the shortfall. Annual tuition fees are expected to be slashed from £9,250 to £7,500 when the Review of Tertiary Education Funding in England, commissioned by Theresa May, is published. However, universities have warned the current fees barely cover the costs of classroom-based courses. Without compensation from the government, any reduction in fees could see universities forced to reduce student intakes and course sizes. The Russell Group of Research Universities says students looking to study English, humanities or languages were most likely to see their places threatened. Medicine, engineering and science-based subjects are likely to be protected by government grants. Labour MP Jess Phillips has spoken out about planned education protests, which will see school children left outside the Department of Education, the Treasury, and Downing Street. Due to take place on Friday, the protests are part of a campaign against education funding cuts, which have forced schools to close early. Explaining the demonstrations, Phillips said It is the basic job of the government to educate all of our children for five days per week. We intend to make sure they do this. If they will not do it in our local schools, they can do it in their offices. Among schools affected by the cuts is that of Phillips' 10-year-old son, Danny, whose school now closes at 1pm on Fridays and cannot fund the support of children with special educational needs. In health news, MPs have urged the government to halt the privatisation of cancer screening services in Oxford amid fears it will harm the health of patients. Conservative, Labour and Liberal Democrat MPs have joined protests against the deal, which will see private company In Health handed the contract for the region's PET-CT scanning. The scans are vital in diagnosing and monitoring cancer and are used to guide surgery. The decision to take the service away from the Oxford University Hospitals Trust has prompted concern multidisciplinary meetings between clinicians caring for cancer patients could be disrupted. The MP for Oxford West and Abingdon, Leila Moran, said the move was a real cause for concern, especially regarding appointment availability, service quality and distance of travel. In environment news, plastic bags for life are to be phased out by Lidl after the supermarket claimed they are worsening plastic waste problems. The bags are designed for multiple uses and can be recycled and replaced free of charge. However, Lidl said many of the 9p bags are being disposed of after just one use. Only 1% are being returned to the supermarket for replacement. The chain plans to trial the removal of the bags from sale in stores across Wales. If successful, the bags will be removed from all UK stores, a move which would save 2,500 tonnes of plastic a year. Charles Sutherland, co-founder of Waste Campaign Group, A Plastic Planet, said, We applaud Little for taking action and telling the truth about our continued misuse of this indestructible material. Professor Paul Cosford, Director for Health Protection and Medical Director of Public Health England, has spoken out against the health threat posed by air pollution, saying, if we were having a conversation about 30,000 people dying each year because of a polluted water supply, I think we would have a very different conversation. A new report from Public Health England has recommended the government ban cars from idling outside schools and hospitals and called for congestion charges to be imposed nationwide. The report also pushes for the wide-ranging implementation of low-emission zones as a measure to improve air quality for the greatest number of people. Heavy rain swept through much of the UK this week as Storm Gareth hit Britain. Weather warnings covering England, Wales, Northern Ireland and parts of Scotland were issued on Tuesday and remained in place on Wednesday. The storm saw delays to transport as a result of the heavy rain and high winds, which reached up to 55 mph inland and 80 mph along the UK's coasts. The Environmental Agency said its staff were working intensively to monitor rain and river levels and assess flooding risks in Cumbria and Lancashire. It warned, rain is falling on already wet catchments, therefore it's important that people do remain vigilant. Be prepared and know your risk. Elsewhere in the world... Facebook has launched a crackdown on false anti-vaccination conspiracies on its platform following an increase in measles outbreaks worldwide. Anti-vaccine content from anti-vaxxer advocates has increased in recent years, fueling misinformation over the jabs. The conspiracies focus primarily on disproven claims that vaccinations are harmful and can cause autism in children. The spread of false information has seen a resurgence of vaccine-preventable diseases in countries where they had previously been eliminated. Facebook has pledged to tackle the conspiracies by reducing the ranking of anti-vax pages and groups in news feeds and search listings. It will also be rejecting ads aimed at spreading misinformation. Several Saudi Arabian women's rights activists have stood trial in Riyadh. Lujain al-Houthlu, Aziza al youssef Emin al-Nafjan and Hatun al-Farsi were among those to appear before the criminal court on Wednesday. Reporters and diplomats were barred from attending the hearings. The women were arrested last May for driving, ahead of the ban on women driving being lifted in June. Dozens of countries have called on Riyadh to release the activists, who have allegedly been subjected to mistreatment and torture during their detainment. They are among many other protesters, intellectuals and religious leaders who have faced arrest in the last two years in what is thought to be a bid to stamp out political opposition in the Conservative Kingdom. The Vatican's former treasurer has been jailed for six years by an Australian court after being found guilty of sexually abusing two choir boys. Cardinal George Pell is the most senior Catholic to be convicted of child sex offences. Judge Peter Kidd sentenced the 77-year-old in court in Victoria, telling Pell, in my view, your conduct was permeated by staggering arrogance. The judge ordered that Pell serve a minimum of three years and eight months before he is eligible for parole. The cardinal has maintained his innocence throughout and has appealed against the verdict. Pell's sentencing follows his conviction in December, a verdict which was suppressed by court order and could not be reported until the 26th of February. Our facts of the week are, a stray dog has conquered a 23,000-foot Himalayan peak after befriending a team of mountaineers. In what's thought to be a canine first, the dog accompanied the team in their three-week expedition to the summit of Barunsi in Nepal. Mountaineer Don Wagofsky praised the dog's climbing ability, saying, I have no clue if she'd been up there before, but she seemed very confident in what she was doing. A flight from Saudi Arabia to Malaysia was forced to turn back on Saturday after a passenger realised she had left her baby behind. The woman is said to have informed cabin crew of the problem shortly after takeoff. In a recording of the exchange between air traffic control and the plane the pilot can be heard saying a passenger has left her baby in the terminal and she is refusing to continue the flight. Air traffic control eventually granted the unusual request saying okay head back to the gate this is totally a new one for us. A new museum has opened in New York paying tribute to man's best friend. The Museum of the Dog is operated by the American Kennel Club and holds a vast collection of paintings, artefacts and the opportunity to find out what kind of dog you are. The interactive exhibit sees visitors stand in front of a camera and bark with these verbal and visual cues used to identify what breed of dog they most closely resemble. And finally, a woman who was mauled by a jaguar after leaning over enclosure barriers has said the zoo should consider moving the fence. The woman was visiting the Wildlife World Zoo in Arizona on Saturday when she leant over security barriers to take a selfie with the jaguar, allowing the big cat to reach through its enclosure fence and maul her. Speaking after the incident, the woman acknowledged she was in the wrong, but added, maybe the zoo should look into moving their
0: fence back. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.